1: Back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24, diamondmyportfolio.com on there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates on the pod to recap the D-backs versus Pirates series. We discussed that the number one pick is really even that valuable in baseball and our expectation levels for our teams coming into the season versus how they played out and so much more. So You're going to want to stay tuned for a jam-packed pod as always, but Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this Sunday to get in on the action. Now, let's jump right into the pod with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. All right, crossover time once again, and on the pod for the very first time. You might have heard of him on Spotify Green Room before, but this is the first time we've ever done a crossover on Locked on Dimebacks. We're with Locked on Pirates host, Ethan Smith. Ethan, say what's up to the d listeners who've never heard your voice before. Yeah, what's up, guys? How are you? Um, very similar waters as your
0: Diamondbacks as uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We just saw each other like this week again. Uh, You guys actually won the season series though. So kudos to you guys. Uh, We don't know how that'll end up working in the grand scheme of things, but you know, uh, as a time of recording, you guys are winning right now too, and we're losing. So there you go. You guys are having a good old time.
1: Yeah. D-backs are winning right now. And for some reason, I mean, they played the Phillies last week. They sweep them. So they're up on the Phillies again right now, 42. I don't know what it is, but I guess the D-backs just own the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, we know the D-backs have been bad this season, but the Cincinnati reds are another team where the D-backs like swept them and took a two out of three from or two. So I don't know some teams in the national league, the d backs just own, I guess the Phillies are one of that. I, I mm-hmm. thought maybe we owned the pirates too, after sweeping them last time we played you guys, but now Pirates come in and win this series, but is that actually a good thing, Ethan? Like you said, we're both battling for the number one pick. Did you want to see the Pirates win that series? I mean, for me at this point, I've kind of told my listeners, I've told Pirates
0: fans alike that, yeah, whoever has the number one pick is getting a good player, but if the Diamondbacks and the Pirates don't end up with it and the Texas Rangers or the Orioles do, they're all four or five going to get a very solid, really good player anyway, so it'll just it'll shape out. Of course, Elijah Green is kind of the name that's popped up around the airwave so far. But let's all remind ourselves that uh, Kumar Rocker was that guy last year mm-hmm. and we see where he is now. So the Mets couldn't bring him to a deal. So there's a lot of different things going on right now in terms of that. But I mean, as far as it is for me, I'm just looking at individual performances. I could care less about the wins and losses at this point. I just want to see who's doing well, who's not um as far as tonight went um as so far at least we're down seven to three uh mitch keller went back to his good start bad start vibe Mm -hmm. uh he get he gave us a great start against the cardinals last time now he just like crapped the bed this time so i mean most of it is just realistically what what is going to be here next year and that's really where i've been at with it is it's like what am i looking at that i'm going to see going into 2022
1: Yeah, that's kind of, you know, my similar feeling. It's a lot of, you know, at this point in the year, it's let the young kids play. You want to see a lot of your younger players from, you know, your top prospects who just guys who you're not really sure if they're, uh, you're not really sure if they're just, you know, one of those tweeners between AAA and major league level. Sometimes guys are too good for AAA, but they're not quite good enough for major league baseball. So this is a good time to pick out those players and decide if you really want them to be part of your core moving forward. But you talked about, you know, doesn't matter who ends up with the number one pick, you're going to get a good player either way. And when it comes to baseball yeah, I want the D back to get the number one pick, but I don't believe you have to tank in baseball. I guess the Astros did a tank, uh, you know, a few years ago. It's how they were able to acquire all their players, but I don't really think you have to tank in baseball. You see guys like Mike Trout, other MVP candidates, they could be drafted anywhere. Mookie Betts, I don't even think was a first round pick. These MVP guys can be drafted in any round in major league baseball. There's freaking 40 rounds uh, in major league baseball typically. Mm So uh, I just feel like you could find talent anywhere. So, When someone says to you, hey, the Pirates need a tank to to secure the number one overall pick, what do you say? Because I always say, listen, you don't need a tank to get the best player in in the MLB draft.
0: No, and I mean, that was the thing this year as you looked at the Pirates having the number one overall pick, nobody knew who they were taking on draft night. The consensus was Marcelo Meyer, Jack Leiter. They went Henry Davis. Henry Davis so far in single A has actually done really well. He's already jumped right into the system. He's right in single A. He's done very well so far in Greensboro. And that's what I mean but look at the Marlins for example they got Khalil Watson at 15 or 16 most guys had him or most people reporters in general had him rated as a top 5 10 guy in the draft and then you also saw that the pirates um in their four first four picks they got four guys in the top 32 of baseball america's prospect list you can find these guys anywhere you just have to know how to work that bonus pool and of course Having the number one pick means you have the highest bonus pool, but if you're like a GM like Ben Charrington who did really well and drafted a guy in Henry Davis who signed under slot, it opens up a broad horizon of getting a lot of different guys that other teams can't go after, like the Texas Rangers who had to pay Jack Leiter over slot, I believe, Mm -hmm. actually, to sign him, and it kind of hurt them everywhere else. So for me, obviously, the next draft is not until – june or july i hope they do it around all-star weekend again because that was really cool to see um so it's going to be a long time i mean by then i would have been the host of locked on pirates for a year and change at that point so it would be a long time and i mean a lot can happen from now and then uh but the cba is interesting for me too and i wanted to ask you about from a diamondback standpoint with all the stuff that's going to potentially happen with the new cba how are you feeling about that Um, With Arizona also kind of being a small market like Pittsburgh, where we don't all spend money like willy nilly every day. Like, how do you feel about the some of the proposed things in the CBA?
1: Yeah. What specifically are you more alluding to?
0: Uh, The one hundred million dollar salary floor Floor.
1: they're bringing up. Yeah. okay. because to me. I feel like you can't have a salary floor without a salary cap. I feel like you need both of them to effectively work mostly because I feel like even if you just had a salary floor, I feel like that wouldn't fix a lot of issues in baseball. Yeah. You're going to force teams. who don't want to spend money to spend more money, but you can just do one year deals where you're just overpaying dudes and you're Mm -hmm. still running into the same problems where you just make your money more short-term than it is long-term. So I feel like there has to be a better pay structure altogether. I'm pro no salary cap in baseball. I feel like the issue with baseball isn't because there is or there isn't a salary cap. Uh, It's mostly just because it depends on your owner. Look at the Mets. They were piss poor. They bring in Steve Cohen. Now they're willing to buy any player on the market they want. If you have an owner willing to spend money, it's a game changer in baseball. Any small market team can go out there and get any big time player, basically. Baseball is a sport where it's not like basketball, where Mostly the coastal cities, you know, your Lakers have a better chance, your your he have a better chance of getting the top players in baseball. We saw Manny Machado go to the Padres a few years ago. We saw them get Eric Hosmer. Uh we've seen other big time players go to smaller markets because a lot of times they just want to follow the money. If without the salary cap, you can offer a player as much money as, you know, your heart desires. So you can go out there and get the best player on a free agent market. So I feel like in baseball, a salary cap and a salary floor really wouldn't help the issues too much in baseball. Mm -hmm. I think mostly it's, it's the owners that, you know, that affect the sport the most. You will hear Ethan's response, but did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. After this pot, I'm going straight to the gym, but I have a sweet tooth, and Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar, when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. That's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to Bilt.com, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the only thing is with me is that's coming from a team whose owner is notorious for not spending money, Bob Nutting. I'm sure you've heard his name before. Um, Pat McAfee has definitely started a revolution of trying to get him to sell the team. So that's been a fun little thing to follow this year. But I mean, I agree with you hundred percent is it's like, if you're going to have a salary floor, you have to have a salary cap. And from what I was reading is it would basically punish teams more for going over the luxury tax that they have. So like teams like the Dodgers wouldn't be able to just, like you said, throw $70 million or however much money they want to spend at like a Trevor Bauer or a Mookie Betts. And then all that money that they would have to pay in the luxury tax would go help those other. Teams, but even then, that still doesn't really fix the problem, as you said, because all the Pirates would do is say, Hey, um, like some random player who's like 33, come play here for a year, 20 Mm -hmm. million dollars. And yeah, cool, the player makes out, he gets a lot of money. But realistically, what's he really coming here to do? Steal time from a young player that could use this time and could be valuable down the road. So I agree 100%. And again, also seeing as like kind of interesting with Arizona, especially with Pittsburgh, it's like they're kind of on the uh, like similar trajectories, except I feel like Arizona last couple of years has actually been trying to be a competitive baseball team, yes. which they really, in some retrospects have, I mean, you look at this diamondbacks team this year and Gary Morgan, who I had on my Monday show this week said, realistically, don't push over the diamondbacks. They can hit.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean,
0: you look at the guys in that roster and look at their just straight up, just look at their averages and look at where they're hitting the baseball. It's like, wow you could see things really work out really well for them. But from your standpoint, where do you see things moving forward like the next couple of years for the
1: Diamondbacks? See, that's a really tough question to answer because like you said, This was a team that was trying to compete. You know, prior to 2020, when they had that off season where they signed Mass and Bumgarner, they were trying to compete. They were coming off an 80 plus win season where they had, uh, you know, maybe a baby collapse in September where they fell off a little bit, they lost some steam. So they were like, "Hey, let's add a couple pieces, and we're going to be right there in the playoff mix." And 2020 happened. The pandemic, of course, hits. 2020 is a weird season. You basically just throw away 2020 and you just kind of move on. But now in 2021. A lot of the same issues from 2020 has carried over but it hasn't just been you know lack of production from like Eduardo Espar that was a big problem in 2020 same with Kitel Marte a lot of the issues in 2021 has been probably health has been the biggest key for this D-backs team, why they've really struggled. Ketel Marte has played like less than 70 games this year, probably around 60 games. And whenever he has played, he's been basically one of the best five players in baseball whenever he's played because the dude is batting like three fifty on the year because he gets a hit like every game he plays. The dude is absolutely crushing it. Luke Weaver, he's been hurt the whole year. Zach Allen's been on and off the I.L., Bumgarner. Everyone in the rotation, we've had at least four or five rotation members down. So really for me, I think injuries have been probably the number one reason why the D-backs team hasn't really been competitive from the rotation, some of the lineup too and Martin. Then the second reason, D-backs have the worst bullpen in baseball. Mike Hazen has not been able to find a reliever in the offseason to save his life. Signed Chris Davinsky, he's been on the restricted list. I think he's done for the year. Joaquin Soria, we signed him this offseason, traded him to the Blue Jays at the deadline. Tyler Clippard, He's actually back. He, he saved the game, you know, the last game of the series against the Pirates. But this was a guy who missed like the first two and a half months. He made his major league, uh, his season debut against the Pirates in that first series. We played it, you know, a few weeks ago. So he wasn't a guy we saw, you know, for the first three or four months of the season. So for the D-backs, injuries have been a huge problem and uh, injuries have been a huge problem. And the bullpen not coming through ever has probably been the second biggest problem for the D-backs. Uh, lack of competitive competitiveness this season. Yeah. And I mean, is it a product
0: of the division you're in too? I mean, like record wise, I mean, it kind of has to be right when you have the giants, the Padres and the Dodgers all in your same division. I mean, it has to be somewhat of a product of the division you're in, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's probably definitely plays a part. I mean, you can't, it, it's hard to win games when you're going against a, a division with two two teams who, you know, were top three in world series odds entering the season. Then you had a team like the giants who, wasn't really, you know, was probably expected to fight for a wild card spot. But now you look up after 100 games and they're the best team in baseball. I mean, by record, I, I think they have the best team, uh, the best record in baseball at the time of us recording it. So it definitely makes it tougher. But I definitely think if the D Backs team was fully healthy, they could have been competitive. I'm not saying they would have made the playoffs, but I thought they had a I, I had enough optimism where I felt like this team could have been near the wild card race. Uh, I don't know how many games they would have needed to win because of course the Padres are a team that's on the outside looking in, but the Padres have been collapsing recently. So they would have had to been somewhere near, you know, 10 to 12 games above 500 this time of the year. But to begin the year, you know, May 13th, the D-backs were like two games above 500. They had a top five offense in all of baseball. Like they were cruising after the first month of the season, they were giving me real optimism. And then injuries settled in. The bullpen, uh, you know, took off the mask that they were wearing. We we thought the bullpen was legit. They weren't. And the D-backs started, you know, falling off completely. So it it was, the season spiraled out of control pretty quickly. But as a Pirates fan, did you kind of know coming into the year that this was probably a rebuilding year and you weren't going to try to be too competitive? You will have to wait for Ethan's response once again, but it's that time of year again and All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys and if you lose Your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. All right, let's wrap up the
0: pod. Yes, uh, mainly purely off the fact that you saw the offseason Ben Charrington had, and I talked about it all offseason. Honestly, the offseason was so fun to cover. Um, Josh Bell gets traded, and oddly enough, for you Locked On Diamondbacks fans, um, if you ever want to know something about the Pirates and how things work, they love to do things on holidays. I don't know why, but Ben Sherrington is like, hmm, it's a holiday. Let me go ahead and make this happen. Josh Bell gets traded on Christmas Eve, so thankfully my mom didn't buy me a Josh Bell jersey for Christmas this year because that would have been interesting. And he actually, fun story, this kid did get a Josh Bell jersey from his uh, kids or or, or Santa or whatever, however (laughs) you want to do it. Santa, Um, yeah. Yeah, Um, so we'll go with that. Um, But he did get one, and Josh Bell said that he would, like, sign it for him so he like got his information and everything signed the jersey for the kid all that stuff but then that trade moved on and then we got what i felt was the steal of the century from the jameson trade to the yankees where we got roenzi contreras and um a bunch of other guys as well but roenzi contreras this season alone has jumped into the top 100 list Of Mm. prospects, So that was nice. And then Joe Musgrove, of course, gets traded to the Padres and that deal as well. So once those moves started circulating, the one thing that I liked a lot, especially being able to cover the team for the first time, like, I guess, professionally was you can, you knew that it was going to be a rebuilding year, but it was better to know that ahead of time than rather in 2019, when you traded for Chris Archer and traded Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow and Shane Baz away, which has been one of the worst trades of all time. And that was Neil Huntington's doing but it it was nice to just kind of know ahead of time. Like you got the opening day win in Wrigley. It was nice to see and stuff. You had a 12 and 11 record and then you saw the slide happen, but you expected it to happen this time. You didn't have this false optimism of Starling Marte, Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, Jamison Talion, Mitch Keller, for example, who has been an enigma this season. Um, But you didn't have this false optimism. So yes, you knew, but also one thing about the Pirates There's no shortage of talent on this team when it began the season. Adam Frazier became an all-star. He's fallen off in San Diego, which has been absolutely weird to see. Brian Reynolds picks up his first all-star appearance, and even some people are saying he might get MVP votes for the season he's had. Mm. Key Brian Hayes is Key Brian Hayes. I already have his jersey for a reason. The guy's a defensive mastermind. Uh, He's hitting like 255, so he's kind of fallen off from his 2020, but he's still – been there and watching watching pirates baseball without him this year was really tough like he was out for like two and a half months and it was really rough but you went into the season knowing that you were watching more for individual performances rather than wins and losses like 100 losses doesn't matter if you lose 95 games or 105 games in the grand scheme of things what's it going to matter if the pirates hoist a world series trophy in four years nothing it it won't mean anything so that's how you kind of knew yeah but i mean i would assume from your standpoint It was kind of like a purgatory for the Diamondbacks just because of how tough the division was. And as you you probably didn't expect half your team to be like the San Francisco 49ers were last year and lose half your team basically right off the rip.
1: Yeah. I remember doing offseason crossovers with Ben Casper of lockdown giants. And we were always saying, we're going to be the two teams fighting for third place in this division. And little did we know the giants would be not running away with the division, but definitely, you know, playing way above their heads than anyone expected. I mean, I had a lot of respect for them coming to the season, but I didn't even think they're going to be, you know, the, the top team in baseball at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. And so I, to see where the D-backs are now compared to the Giants is, is laughable to have those offseason, uh, looking back at those offseason conversations. But looking at your Pirates roster, you're talking about, you know, potentially holding up a World Series trophy in the next four years. Who on the roster right now, not specifically in the minor leagues, but who's on the active roster right now? Who are you looking at that could be a you know potential core piece of that World Series championship in a few years? Key Brian
0: Hayes definitely has to be one. Brian Reynolds, I would say, has to be one. The crazy thing was is um, during the trade deadline, you saw all this stuff about Brian Reynolds is so good. They need to trade him, maximize his value. Just throw a wild guess of how many years of arbitration and control we have on Brian Reynolds.
1: Mm, I'm going to say three.
0: You were close. It's four. Mm. So we have him under team control through his age 30 season, and if we extend him, we can have him until he's 33. So if he continues to be the player he is, I mean, that that's wonderful. So I think Reynolds and Hayes are definitely there. Um, I would have to still throw Mitch Keller in there just because I don't see a world where they just let go of the guy just because, I mean, he's a former top 20 prospect in baseball. And yeah, he's had a rough go of things. But if you really look at the amount of time that he's had in the major leagues, it doesn't even equate to a full season yet. And he's only 25. So. I would expect him to be there. Bryce Wilson, who we picked up from the Atlanta Braves during the Richard Rodriguez trade, only 23 years old. He's impressed me a lot. I think he'll be there as well. Outside of that, maybe Colin Moran, but if they might maximize his uh, his trade value being a left-handed power bat. And then you brought up, like, before we started recording, Gregory Polanco, he's out after this year. Uh, ben Gamble is kind of just like a bridge outfielder. Kevin Newman, bridge shortstop, even though he's been one of the best defensive shortstop in the game. But one guy that a lot of people bring up a lot that's very interesting is Jacob Stallings. He has the most defensive run saved in all of baseball. He's 32 right now. So, I mean, by the time you say that four-year window, he'd be 36. We just drafted a catcher number one overall. But realistically, what I would like to see is him stay even if he's just like a platoon catcher or like a backup catcher, just to teach Henry Davis, be in his ear, tell him all these things that he needs to know about baseball, because Jacob Stallings for the most part is a very good catcher. And I'd love to see him be there and kind of like, if you remember when we had that good run of things in 2013 through 2015, maybe be that Russell Martin type Mm, where he was like, you know, like he's going to hit 230, but he's still going to give you those quality at bats when you need them. So of the names I mentioned, Key, Brian, Hazen, Reynolds are for sure locks. The other guys kind of just depends on who plays himself into that role and then who builds himself in the farm system, which should be the number one farm system in baseball next year, I think.
1: How many all-star appearances do you think Russell Marin has? I'm looking How at it right be- now. How many do you th- – oh, I think he has? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, his uh, baseball reference right now. How many times do you think he's been to the all-star game, Russell Marin? Zero. Four times. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I found that pretty. A four-time All-Star, Russell Martin. That's actually pretty yeah. great.
0: Yeah, because he played in um, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and where was the other place that he played? Dodgers and Yankees. Dodgers and Yankees. I remember there was, he like went to a big market, but I couldn't remember which one it was. But I know his hate like his really good
1: years were in Toronto, and um, I think the Yankees. Right. Yeah, he made an All-Star appearance at 32 with Toronto. 28 with the Yankees and then 24 and 25 with the Dodgers. So three all-star appearances, three different teams, pretty, pretty That's underrated. Pretty yeah. Pretty underrated career by Russell Martin. I always thought he was a good catcher, but didn't know he made it to four all-star teams. That's it for this edition of the lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Go back to any pods you might've missed this week. Had a great week of podcasts with a whole bunch of guests ranging from Lockdown Giants host Ben Kaspic, to Lockdown Padres host Javier Reyes. So go back and catch up on it. Uh, catch up on any pods you might have missed, and remember, betting on the Dbacks doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas Twenty Four for my personal account, or look up Lockdown Dimebacks and both Twitter and Instagram. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!